This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of Agency Intelligence, where I give you a real agency, a real agent inside a real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. When I bring people on like Zach Mefford, I'm telling you right now, this is not a fake one. This guy right here is going to tell us the agency intelligence, and we're going to talk it out, battle it out, figure out what Zach's been doing. You've probably heard him on a, a couple other podcasts, maybe even on this network, but as you know, as a loyal listener, no one does it like Cass, okay? No one does it like Cass, and so we're going to get to know Zach in a different way. Everybody else is too scared to ask the questions. Ryan Hanley bounces all over the place, doesn't say straight and narrow, and David Carruthers can't quit talking about himself. So here, we are actually going to be going right after Zach. And now you loyal listeners know that I love every one of those guys, and if you would, send them a link saying, Cass was talking shit yeah. about you send it to him guys send it to him because i love every one of them son of a bitches i wouldn't be where i am without them zach welcome to the podcast brother hey thank you thank you for having me and uh i i would say that if you weren't giving those guys a hard time then they would think that there was really something wrong so i think it's uh something we all can agree with <laughs> giving each other a hard time is part of what makes this fun yeah, and those guys are the cream of the crop in our industry too. Always leading the way, making the fails are you know failing, and so that others don't right. have to. Uh, love every one of those guys. David uh, has single handedly changed my agency, yeah. and when I say that, I mean he literally has changed my agency um, into the way that we prospect, the way we write business. And here's the most important part our margins are bigger. That's so awesome. that's that's one of the key. It's either margins or volume, right? Margins yeah. or volume is the way you're going to make it. And we're going to talk more about that. You ready, Zach? I'm ready. Let's get into it. Are you an iPhone or you a Droid user? I am an iPhone user. And I, I can tell you, it's not because I wanted to. It's because my wife had one. She wasn't giving it up and I didn't want to buy two chargers. <laughs> so when we got it's married- It's hard enough to have one charger. Yeah. When we got married, that's that was the deal. So that's, that's, that's I switched the iPhone then and never looked back. Zach, do you have kids? Two, yes. Two beautiful How old kids. are they? Seven uh, and almost five. Okay, all right. So it comes in about another three to four years when you start getting your charger stolen all the damn time. It's already you know, happening. It's, like, it's already oh, happening. God. They've got the little iPod that they use for different things, and all of a sudden my charger goes away. I, I, I'm there already. You know what I did? I went and bought the the outlets where I sit and where I sleep that have the damn thing in it. Now you have to pay like $35 for the fast charge ones, but right in the outlet, you put it in the wall, you plug it in, then you don't have to worry about that. And then they started taking my damn cord. That's and I, I, like, I, Jason, that's the same thing, buddy. I, uh, I have the two different places where I charge my phone and they both have a charger. And when they leave, they know that daddy doesn't like that and they're in trouble. So we're, uh, we've, already, we've already had that discussion in our household. 
I mean, this is this is parenting in 2021, isn't it, Zach? I mean, yeah. it is. I want to. I got two older teenage boys. I want to just strangle them. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, and and now they're bigger than me. So I, I now I have to be now I have to be patient. I'm like, well, okay. Well, yeah, mine still mine still love daddy. So I'm uh, I'm gonna try to hold on to that as long as I can. Mine love daddy as well. They just don't like to admit it. So yeah. here we go. They're too right. young and immature to do to do that. Zach, uh, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? I hate to lose. Do you? Yeah, it's that. It's that. I just hate to lose. I mean, that's a. I I, I don't know. I've, I've heard that question before and try to figure out. I mean, that's just my initial gut reaction, and it's true. I just it's the seeing somebody else do better than me. That's the thing that drives me more so than if I won and got all the credit for something. From what I from what I know of you, I definitely could agree with that. Seriously, and that's a, that doesn't mean it's good or bad, but just just the personality that you are. Um, that makes sense to me so much. Skill or luck, brother? What's got you where you are today? No, it's it'd be. I, I think that the harder you work, the more skill that you develop, the luckier you get. So I would say it's more skill versus luck. But there's something to be said about things falling into place and having luck. But if I had to pick one or the other, I think it's skill. I agree. I agree. Once again, knowing you, so you've worked your ass off to get where you are. You've built the systems that have created your agency, now your business. So tell us, take us back to high school, college, diapers, wherever you want. In two to three minutes, bring us forward to who you are now so we can relate, brother. All right. So um, start with, you know, went to uh, Iowa State University, graduated from there, was with a great company, learned a lot, um, called US Cellular. It's a a small little... uh, cell phone company that uh, did a great job of teaching a lot of things that we still implement now. So I learned a lot of great leadership skills there. And we have, in fact, one of our leaders we hired, um, we recruited because she was one of the best people I ever worked for. So, you know, she's on board with us now because of that. Uh, you fast forward a little bit, the, uh, the, uh, the girlfriend and I break up. I'm miserable. I want to be around race cars. So I literally sold uh, everything that I own. I mean, literally everything that I own that didn't fit in my car, I sold quit my job and drove to Charlotte, North Carolina. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know where I was going to work. I didn't know where I was going to live. I was literally homeless for a couple of days and, um, you know, got down there and tried to figure out uh, how to work in racing, how to be in racing. And I couldn't find the right job. I used to figure these guys that were doing the marketing side work for free for too long. And, you know, I had student loans. So, um, I started working for a guy to tearing apart cars. I worked at a salvage yard. I'm still, I think uh, to record his worst employee that he ever had, but he's a nice guy. He was in my church and he helped me out, and uh, one day he had a, a new t- uh, property that he was, you know, um, cleaning out, and I was doing most of that grunt work at the time, so I was doing that, and then, a, you know, a light bulb went off. You know, I just need to go start my own business. This is my my time. You know, I had a little money saved up. I wanted to go do something, so um, I started a junk removal business, and not a lot of people know that about me, but... Wow, I didn't know that. Wow. Started a junk removal business uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina called Charlotte Junk Guys. Um, really proud of the fact that it's still in business, so the guy that, that bought it for me is still still running it and operating it. And then Sweet. about that time, that, that girlfriend and I that had broke up, uh, we started talking again. And so uh, right. couldn't convince her to come to Charlotte. Uh, I went to go see about a girl, as they say, in, in Chicago. So sold my business went to Chicago. And, uh, you know, she's she's now my wife. That's, you know, I'll, I'll jump right. forward in the story there. Uh, but I needed a job. And so I, I told her, I said, look, I'm going to get into one of three things. I'm either going to get into insurance, headhunting, or financial advising. Like that 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 was going to be my my thing. I guess, you know, I, I talked about transportation logistics as well as being a uh, 3PL um, broker, but I just wanted to go into something where I could figure out how something worked that was more uh, on the residual level or long term as opposed to the, the junk business. Because I was always working super hard to just have the opportunity to hopefully work hard again. And there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, you know, residual there. So I, that's how I got into insurance. You know, I applied at all those different places, um, worked for a small life insurance company that's now been acquired by AIG. Didn't like selling life insurance over the phone. Shocker. 
uh, went down the, the captive insurance route. It was uh, going to be State Farm Zach with my khakis and then realized very quickly after getting to that side of the PNC, which I was just learning, you know, cutting my teeth, that I, I didn't like the captive model. So um, at that time, my wife and I were starting to try to, you know, uh, start a family and it was time to go home. So we left the Chicagoland area, came back to Iowa. I, uh, I literally would have taken any job just to get out of the Chicagoland area. No offense to those in Chicago. It's just, it's not for me. I'm we too, know what uh, you mean. I'm too much of a small town Iowa guy, you know, for, for that. So um, I didn't know what the company was, what they were selling, and I didn't care. I was just trying to find a job that was that was uh, going to help me get out of the Chicago and get back to, to home. And that that was uh, where I became a commercial insurance producer. I did that for, for three years. And the joke is that uh, two and a half of the three years that we were there, I was trying to convince my now business partner to leave and go start uh, Coverage Direct, which was a scratch agency that we started in uh, 2016. So uh, that's probably the high level view of how we got to our the agency. And then Zip, uh, Zip Bonds, our separate business entity that, that we launched and what I primarily focused on now was really just a product of us running at problems. That's, that's what we talk about all the time. We don't, uh, we don't shy away from them. And if we can't figure out a solution for it, we, we figure that others probably have the same problem. And so we go try to try to fix those. Right. Okay. I like all that, dude. So about when, how old were you when you left Chicago to come to Iowa, small town boy? Uh, I left Iowa for Charlotte when I was 26. I was there for just over a year. So I was 28 when I, uh, when I got to Chicago. Okay. Shit. So you did a lot before that. So you, you were owning your own business at the age of 24, 25, 26, somewhere around there. Yeah. I mean, uh, so that was, you know, the first business I, I technically had was a sports card shop in my neighbor's basement that we ran for the summer called the card shack. The cool thing about that is I, I still have a, uh, my mom kept the sign that we hand painted for it, but the first, uh, like I like to say, is the first business the government knew about was definitely my uh, my junk removal business. <laughs> well said, well said. Now you said that you like to be in racing. Am I, did I hear yeah, that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been like around car racing. racing. Yeah, car racing. Yeah, that's uh, okay. Like uh, NASCAR, or you like Grand Prix? What do you got? So I don't like I like anything that goes fast. I, I don't really judge. I wouldn't say that I'm a much uh, of a NASCAR guy. Um, my my big thing is uh, dirt sprint cars. I love dirt. Okay. Cars. Yep. I love the engineering. That's what I was trying to get. Yep. Engineering aspect of a, a Formula One car. You know, right now I haven't been doing anything that's really that cool. I have. I, I jokingly say that I have a car that I race. I don't have a race car, so I do a, a real low budget endurance series for for fun. Um, what do you do? I, what do you race? I mean, so you have one of those little dirt cars that's sliding yes. sideways and shit. Oh, so yeah, they do sometimes race on dirt. I have been racing on asphalt uh, most recently, but. Uh, what it is, it's kind of like a knock out the windows and go. And, you know, I have a roll cage in it because I just, you know, don't want to die if I roll over. But uh, it's it's knock out the windows and go type of front wheel drive cars. So they're they're really, you know, you're supposed to spend like a thousand dollars on the car. And and the idea is they run two three hundred laps or a few hours depending on the type of race. And it's more of a you know war of attrition. Like how how whose car is going to actually make it through the race? I um, have seen these at some of these small town fairs and stuff yep. like that. They'll have these. And some of these cars may be boats. I mean, like not literally boats, but they're big old cars. They, they do. They do with the big cars. The, the fun series, uh, the fun thing about this series is that they're pretty cheap front wheel drive cars. So I, I run a, I had a Honda Prelude to start. And then I now have a, a Honda Civic Si that I run. And, um, you know, if you look at my Civic. social media, you'll see it. Like these cars, like we, we, I got hit a T-bone in the last race that I was in. Hard enough. I'm still feeling it two two months later. So, you know, it's uh, it, it's sometimes part demolition derby when I really wish it, w- it wouldn't be, but it, it just it turns into that sometimes. 
Wow, dude, that's that's that just sounds fun. What was it, dad, mom? Uh, what what where'd you get this love from? Yeah, so my dad, I grew up uh, hanging out with him. He's on a couple different pit crews, and he did demolition derbies, typical small town, county fair gotcha. type thing, uh, figure eights, things yeah. like that. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I got the itch when I was a kid. I loved going to the races, and I, I would I begged my dad to get a soapbox derby car. Uh, started there, and then you know he had made a deal with me when I was begging him to get a go kart that if I could, you know, come up with the five hundred dollars it took to buy an engine, um, that he would you know help me get into the to, to a go kart as well. And so. I did that. I shoveled snow. I had a paper route. I did everything I could to, to try to make money. And I, I came up 500 bucks. Said, okay, let's go. Let's go racing. And I, uh, we, we found the easily the worst and p- biggest piece of junk go-kart to, to bolt that motor to. But we had a lot of fun. And I mean, that's uh, looking back, that was some of my best memories, you know, hanging out with my dad going racing. Yeah, that's good stuff, dude. Had no idea about that. But dude, yeah. it just, it just, um, it just is a is a track record for where you are now, right? It, it goes back to what you said at the beginning, like if something can't go right, we're going to figure out how to make it happen. And it's not so much racing, but it's your love and your vision of something. Dad says five hundred dollars. You sno- you get the paper route. You do, you shovel the snow. You yep. know, you can kind of see, and for all of us parents, you know, you can kind of start to see what our kids will look like in the future, listening to stories like that, right? And it doesn't mean that if you say to your son or daughter out there, hey, I want you to raise $500 and they sit on their ass and play PlayStation, doesn't mean they're a loser. But I think that uh, because a lot of those people are still successful today, kids are different today. But I think it gives us a glimpse because I do know some of those kids. My oldest one is like that. My youngest one, he likes to play PlayStation. Um, and so, but ironically enough, my oldest is now in the agency. So this is, that's really, really interesting. I can hear that um, coming through, Zach. That's awesome. So Zach, why did you name your agency coverage direct? Man, I, that's a great question. I'm, I'm glad somebody asked that. Um, so it's very intentional. So the first um, business, like again, the insurance business that I was in was with Matrix Direct. They sold life insurance over the phone. So I always liked that direct name because I thought it really told the story of, you know, doing things like an online experience. I know when we in our space, we think of direct, we think of, you know, direct writers. And that's mm-hmm. not really what we were trying to convey. But um, what we wanted to do when we started Coverage Direct was to take the, the best way to buy property and casualty insurance, which we still believe is through the independent agency channel, and then sell that right. in a more direct way. Meaning we wanted, to, we wanted to incorporate technology we knew existed, but wasn't you know, uh, being used at our agency. And, and we were a little naive at the time to think that uh, that was just our agency's issue. <laughs> Lo and behold, we find out that it's an industry issue. Um, but that's the idea. So coverage represents the, the independent insurance agency channel uh, and actually selling coverage, not insurance. That's a difference. And then doing it in a direct sales and service model that was more of a uh, call center is really what we had in our, in our minds at the time, which is now is what it's become. So it's, you know, online forms, over the phone sales and, um, you know, that's that's morphed into that we partner with credit unions and, and provide turnkey solutions for, for them on the insurance side. Are you ready to transform the way your business communicates? Look no further than Lightspeed Voice, the ultimate solution for insurance agencies seeking a seamless communication. I've used them for over eight years. I'm telling you what I'm reading is the truth. Picture this crystal clear calls, advanced features, unparalleled, flexible, tailored, just for you. That's Lightspeed Voice. Tired of drop calls and outdated systems? Lightspeed Voice has your back. Say goodbye to communication hiccups and hello to a new era of efficiency. I love that. Boost productivity with features like call recording, voice to email, and effortless call transfers. Work from the office, from home, or on the go. Lightspeed Voice keeps you connected wherever your business takes you. Don't worry about the transition. 
Our dedicated support and onboarding teams will guide you every step of the way. Make the switch to Lightspeed and join the ranks of satisfied insurance agency owners, like me, experiencing the power of seamless communication. Ready to elevate your agency? Visit lightspeedvoice.com or call 877.97-VOICE to schedule your free demo. Lightspeed Voice, we're more than just talk. Cass approved. So everybody knows loyal listeners, Zach and his partner, very high tech individuals, very forward thinking. Zach, you and I first met uh, when we were in uh, Cleveland at the Neon uh, get together. Uh, Zach actually, truthfully, I was one of the first official on, but Zach actually was on Neon before anybody. Um, he was actually out there testing it out. And then he had to go a different route for many different reasons. But Zach, I think it's because you started getting into this zip, into these bonds. How in the hell did you go from coverage direct, best possible way to sell and help people purchase PNC insurance to now zip bonds? What, how, where'd this come from? Now, no. This was a surprise to me this summer when I found out about this? It's, it's an idea we'd had for a while. And to be honest with you, um, you know, the, the real impetus, like way, way back of where this became to us, again, we run at problems. It was uh, back when I was a commercial producer and cold calling these contractors. I just, I, I gravitated towards contractors. I don't know if it's because of the uh, common use of four letter words or what it was, but I just, I really liked those types of clients. And I started getting into bigger and bigger accounts where they would say, you know, hey, I don't, I don't move any of my stuff over my PNC stuff unless you can do my bonds. That's I right. really remember being on a cold call and saying, surety bonds? Yeah, we, we can. I'm looking around like, can somebody please help me? Can I do we do surety bonds? I don't know what that is, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, we yeah. Do, oh, yeah, we can do bonds. We can do bonds. <laughs> and I, I remember going to, you know, my business partner, Ryan, again, one of the smartest guys I've ever met. And he, he literally taught me everything I knew about commercial insurance. And so when I was uh, asking him about surety and I could see the deer in the headlights on his face, I'm thinking, OK, well, this guy's pretty sharp and knows what he's doing. And if he doesn't know it, I'm going to go figure it out. And I, and I was, I knew enough to be dangerous, but it was always one of those things that we struggled with. And then, you know, fast forward as we started our scratch agency and started to still, we were still working with contractors because, you know, to keep the lights on before we figured out the credit union angle, that's, that's what we had to do. We were doing a lot of commercial and I just, I was real frustrated with the process, you know, these fast, you know, uh, credit only applications for small contract, because that's, you know, primarily what we're running into. I didn't feel like they were truly credit only because they were always asking for more information. And then if you found, um, you know, if a standard found that they didn't want to write it, you'd have to go to a broker and then the broker, you'd have to start all over again and they would send you a form. And sometimes it wasn't even a fillable PDF. It just, you know, it just kept bothering me that that, that process was so broken. And so, you know, we decided uh, we were at ITC in 19 and looked uh, around and, you know, Ryan astutely you pointed out, he's like, I don't see anything for surety here. You know, that was one of the you know solutions we were looking for. And since there wasn't anything out there at the time, we started going down the the path of, of figuring out why and trying to partner with a carrier and seeing if they would just do it for us. And once we figured out the carrier wasn't going to do it, we just, you know, we're literally in the middle of a call. I paused it and I told him, I was like, we're just going to have to flip and build it because no one else is going right. to do it. And so we, we waited strategically to make sure that we got the heavy lift done on what we needed to get done on the Salesforce side and then got to a point where we could split time. So you know, as much as Coverage Direct is still, you know, an agency that's that's flourishing and doing really well, I don't have anything to do with that side of house anymore. I mean, that's how do you get to a point where one of us could at least run point on this, is, which is what right. I've been doing with Zip. And now that we uh, had, we felt like the time to be able to do it the right way, we went we went all in. And so we, um, we raised our, our first our seed round in, in March. 
officially launched in, in June and, and since I've been just trying to perfect the system and help agents in the process. I mean, so what's your average premium on a bond? Oh man, that's a, that's a, so there's two different types of bonds, obviously that you're working with. You have commercial ones, which are, are typically your direct pass through. I mean, there's a lot of different ones, but you know, you, th you think of like a minimum premium, $100, uh, you, you license and permit bond, right? Yeah. The other side, uh, contracts, small contracts specifically is what we had focused on. We're, we're typically seeing somewhere between, you know, three and $6,000, uh, okay. for some of these smaller ones. And then you get to the point where the idea was, uh, start when the, you know, they either don't know anything about surety as a contractor or they're just growing, or, you know, maybe they need that first one, but help kind of nurture them into a point where they could build, you know, bigger and bigger jobs. And then once you start getting up past that, you know, million dollar and higher role, the, the premium gets much, much larger. And the commission's the highest of any line out there, isn't it? It, it? it is because of the underwriting. So when you think about the way they underwrite this, they underwrite to a zero loss ratio. And so that's not the same thing as with PNC. And that's that's where I think people in, in our space get mostly confused about surety. Gotcha. It's, it's not the same product. And that's why it pays more commission because, you know, it's 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 underwritten to a zero loss ratio. Wow. Interesting. See that loyal listeners, there's a little little bit for you there. And I love what you say, man. We run at problems. I love that, Zach. I love that. And we can hear it in your voice. You know, dad presented you a problem. So you got to have 500, right? You ran towards it. Yeah. Zip surety bonds. It's awesome to your story. You looked out there actually trying to find out like, where is the need? Sometimes yeah. we go after the things that we like to do, you know, which we believe builds a passion. But sometimes passion can run us amok when you're just actually saying, well, wait a minute, let's look and see what we're actually good at. And I love that, dude. I yeah. love that. And uh, and Ryan sounds like a smart guy, too. Um, Ryan he, Travis, he, he, and I, a really smart guy. He just doesn't talk as much as I do. So that's why it makes it a lot easier for me to be on these things. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I, he is equally um, as much a part of everything that we've done, you know, been successful with. Mm -hmm. And I, sometimes, you know, I uh, feel like he doesn't get enough credit for it, you know, which, which bothers me at times. But Again, he's, he's a lot more humble than I am and he doesn't talk as much as I do. So that's probably why you don't hear about him as much. You know what? Um, so Travis and I are great business partners. Some It's unbelievable how great we work together. He's the same exact way, quiet yep. as can be. Now, yep. when you meet him at a conference and he has one or two beers, he gets like crazy talking and everybody's like, how do you deal with this at the office? I'm like, he doesn't say a freaking word. I mean, the whole time, very quiet, very methodical, detail oriented, you know, um, keeps me in check. So I think you guys have got the same thing going exactly along right. there. He's my and governor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Well said. I mean, and it's, it's really special that we have found something like that, you yeah. know, I mean, we rarely have any disagreements because usually whenever he wants to override me or I want to override him. I actually was probably not feeling confident about it anyways. And I was kind of like, all right, man, now that you said that, yeah, that makes total sense. And then the opposite, I'm not feeling confident about it. And he comes through and is like, Hey, this is something we should do. I'm kind of like, I got a new, it, it's the same. I know it sounds weird, but loyal listeners bear with me. You know what I'm talking about? It's the same feeling I get from my wife. Like I'm doubting something and she's against it. I'm like, oh shit, I probably need to reassess this. That's exactly what it is, Jason. And that's why, you know, I, I had a conversation with somebody here at IOA, um, you know, talking about like, well, what do you think about that partnership? How does it work or whatnot? And I said, you know, it's it's one of those things like just being business partners doesn't always work. And I'm not even a huge fan of it. Um, but if you're going to get into the business someone, they have to compliment you in a way and you have to have a, uh, you know, it is, it's a relationship that that is similar to, like you said, like it's like marriage. And I mean, you know, you can try to poke fun of me all you want for that, but it really is, 
exactly yep. that. I mean, we complement each other really well. We um, have so much respect for each other that if we do have a strong opinion about it or whatnot, there's been times where I don't understand and I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can tell that he's very, you know, set yes. this is the right way. And then I just trust him because I know that he's got it. And he gives me this. Come theory. on, Zach. So it, it works it works out well and it's uh it's nice to have And we just trust them. That's yeah. the reason why we can work out and many others out there. I'm not saying we're special and others can't. It's can you put down your passion, put that aside your ego and say, "You know what? I I'm going to follow this guy in that." And uh wow, fantastic. I'm glad you guys have that. Travis and I are 10 years apart. Are you and are you and Ryan close in age? Not quite uh, that far apart. Uh it's three and a half, four years. Who's older? He is. He is. Oh, okay. Okay. He's the older one. I'm the older one here. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. That's good yeah. stuff. And you know, it's like, we also talk about, you can do twice as much, right? Yes. Yeah, you yeah. have to split it, but if we can scale the business fast enough that the half is actually more than the whole, if you were by yourself, right? I, I, um, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't so much. We, we definitely wouldn't be where we're at. I, we talk about this all the time too, because people do ask us, and said, look, I, do I think either one of us could be successful without the other one? I, of course. But I don't want to be. Like, I mean, I, I have so much fun, you know, uh, working with Ryan and hanging out with him and, and doing this. And I just feel like uh, iron sharp, sharpens iron, right? Like, we, we help right. drive each other and push each other in a direction. He's just he's a lot better at the things that I just despise doing and vice versa. I mean, that's that's why it works. Man, dude. Yeah, we ought to get together one day and just have some dinner because like yeah. it would be so interesting to talk because so much when Ryan or when Travis listens to this, he's gonna be like, Holy crap, dude. So it's just saying we'll get off of it, loyal listeners, but yeah, Travis yeah, and yeah. I know we have something special and it sounds like Zach and Ryan do too. Yeah. So bid bond or this zip bonds, can agents access that or is just this for consumer? Or do you act as a broker as well and agents can go through you? Here here's okay. I'm glad you asked that because look, it's direct to consumer as well as working with agents. But here's why. This was a problem we had. We didn't want this to be the, the process for us. So we we intentionally not only went after a solution for ourselves, but we intentionally wanted to focus on something that could also provide value to the independent channel. You know, Ryan and I talk about everything that we do moving forward. And this is the same reason why we'll, we're an open book and we'll help anybody with anything that they want and tell them exactly what we've done and how we've done it. Is because if we don't have an impact on the space, then you know making all the money in the world is not going to matter to us. That's right. We never did it for the money to begin with. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like everybody wants to make a lot of money, but that's not really what drives us. So the way we built this out is that yes, it is direct consumer as it sits right now, and we want to continue to do that as agents. But uh, what we'd really like to do is help other agents who don't have the time to do it. They don't. They feel nervous about putting together those bid bonds. They they just can't be subject matter experts because they only do a little bit of surety every single year. We want to become that division for them and help become that, you know, that surety side of their of their business. And we're never going to be in a position where if we do something directly and find that someone is working with that client and they, they reach out to us, we're not going to try to ever compete. We'll quickly right. concede. We'll still pay them. I mean, heck, we do all the work and pay them anyway. So what does it really matter? Right. That's, that's right. That's the idea. Wow. That's fantastic, dude. So anybody wants to reach out to you, I got it right here at zipbonds.com. They can go to or Z, uh, Z Mefford at zipbonds.com. That's plural, Z-I-P. Um, I love it, dude. I, uh, I really yeah. like what you're doing over there. Love to give anyone a demo and explain what it is. I mean, I think we spent a lot of time and money on building out this beautiful UX, this platform. But um, what we're finding is the majority of agents that, that, that really like working with us just like having, you know, that, hey, we partner with these guys for, for surety. Here you go. And they just send it over. And then we have internal underwriters and, you know, uh, support staff to help process everything. 
and then we still pay a, you know almost exactly what you'd make in a commission anyway um but if you went through a carrier wow dude that's fantastic that's fantastic wrapping it up man anything you want to say specific that maybe we didn't hit on i think we hit on some pretty good stuff today no i mean i just uh thank for the opportunity to talk to other agents and whatnot again i just uh i love being in this space so i'm happy to help anybody if they want to know about it and if you want to know more about who we are just uh just reach out anytime it is the greatest industry god ever created there is no doubt about that. You love it. And, and the potential, the, 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 there is no ceiling here. The opportunity, not the potential, there is potential, that's individually, but the opportunity in this industry, there's so many holes that need filled. There's so many more sections of this industry that people like Zach and Ryan can say, you know what, this is a need. Um, I, I have risk advisor. I just got risk advisor uh, from David Watson and I'm using it. And to be honest with you, when he sent me the demo, I didn't get it. And I told him, I said, when do I actually use this? When is this gonna solve a problem? And then he explained to me it's all about when the information is being taken in yeah. and then being able to put that in a in a software that then simplifies it and integrates right. and puts dumps it into my salesforce and dumps it into my raider and it's like holy shit and sometimes as agent zach just like what i know these agents dealing with you we don't realize that that's a hole or a problem in our agency. Right. We know it's kind of mundane and there's some double entry, but when someone comes along with a product like Risk Advisor or ZipBonds, I think it's like, holy shit, I've been doing this stuff archaically, you know? Yep. And so, so yeah, yeah good I, for you. You know, I mean, there, there's definitely uh, not a, a lack of problems in our space. <laughs> yeah, I think if it's something that you have any sort of discomfort in and can think through a, a better solution, just like I said, run at it, you know, figure it out, do that, provide value to the, to the space. And, um, you know, everybody wins. I'm, I'm thrilled to be in this industry. I'm glad I stumbled into it and I just uh, couldn't agree more. Lots of opportunity. Zach, last couple of questions here. You and your boo watching Hulu, spending time watching Amazon Prime, getting your kicks on Netflix. What are you and her watching right now? Man, right now, uh, what do we just finish up? We just finished up Squid Game. Oh shit! That was dark. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not sure I'd go through that again. Um, I think the end was bullshit, in my opinion. Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't like it either. Uh, no. Succession is the other thing that we've got going on. Oh, right come now. on, J Zach, dude, are we from the same mother? Might be. I mean, dude, Succession hey, is small, sick. Small town, little Illinois to small town Iowa. I mean, it's not that <laughs> far apart, right? We're drinking the same water. Dude, Secession is sick. And most of my friends aren't watching it. They're like, oh, I'll check that out. I'm like, no, dude, I know the movies you are the shows you like. Secession is woo. That's it. That's ours. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm, gr I'm glad that just now came back out. I jumped back on on Narcos to jump on the session season three. I went through the first two episodes and I'm kind of like, eh. Yeah. And so anyways, I liked Narcos one and two. So last question, leaders are readers and you're a leader. So I know you're a reader. What are you reading? Uh, right now I'm reading uh, 13 hours. I forget. Uh, it's Kennedy. It's about the um, uh, Cold War situation with Cuba and England. Oh, yeah. Cuban Missile yeah. Crisis. Yep. That's what you're reading right now. I'm listening That's to that right now. So, so I am a, I'm, I'm, I'm wired a lot like you, and I don't think I'm saying anything that people probably don't already know. But I have, I have severe ADHD, and so I can't actually read and retain things very well. So when I say I read, I listen to Audible, right, a lot because I, I just can't, I can't retain it if I, if I just read it through, which yeah. I, sure. 
And and you can bring in so much more with Audible, so much more. I mean, I because you so many you have so many instances where you have ten or fifteen minutes throughout the day, ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah. You know, drive to work, drive home, go into the gym. You know, um, running yeah, errands for exactly, the wife. That's exactly right. It's that, or I'm listening to um, one thing. Here's here's what I'll give uh, everyone. If you're not listening to my first million podcast, okay, that is a I'm I'm an entrepreneur first, right? So that just right. is a Think it drives me and if you haven't listened to that podcast i'd check it out i think it benefits everyone as agency owners as well because they they really push uh you know people to think bigger and they come up with a lot of different ideas and just spitball entrepreneur uh entrepreneurial Dude. efforts i like my first million right yeah sam par and sean i can't pronounce his last name so <laughs> so all you loyal listeners after you listen to me every day um, God forbid you're going to need medical help after a while. Um, this is, that's something that you check out my yeah. first million. Zach, appreciate you coming on. Thanks guys. Appreciate it, man. This has been good stuff. And Hey, loyal listeners, this has been another episode of agency intelligence, where I gave you a real agent inside a real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass. I do what I do. Cause I do it for you. I'm out. Are you looking for an insurance community to join? Have you heard of the LAAIA? The Latin American Association for Insurance Agents is just not for Latins. Their focus on diversity and inclusion over the last few years has made this 54-year-old association one of the fastest growing and the most dynamic associations in the industry. With established chapters in Florida, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, and Denver, it's no surprise this association has the attention of everyone in this industry. Their upcoming national convention on beautiful Marco Island includes keynote speaker Trisha Griffith, the CEO of Progressive. National leaders from around the country like Marshberry, Vertifor, Lula, and more will be here on center stage as well. And whether you're an independent agent, a captive agent, life or health agency, or even a financial services professional, this association offers you everything you need to network and grow your business. Make sure you check them out and consider joining me, Jason Cass, at the next upcoming convention. It's going to be August 21st, the 24th, at the JW Marriott on stunning Marco Island. This has been Cass Approved.